Aren't you thankful for the Word of God? Has the Word of God had the power to change your life? Hallelujah. Has the power to change your life? Completely, radically, completely different person than who you were before Christ. That's who you ought to attain to be. Someone that people cannot recognize you. That's you. That's Marcy. Yeah. That's Earl. Yeah. Come on. That's Mary. Little old Mary. Come on. That is Jesse. Now, I knew Jesse before. And this is Jesse standing in front of us. Right? I didn't really know him before. But anyway, people ought to look at you and see that your life has been radically changed by the power of God. You should not be looking like the person you used to. Amen. You ought to look completely different. Hallelujah. And only the power of God can do that in your life. Only the power of God can do that. Can take a broken mess. Come on. And put it all together and make it better than it ever was. Hallelujah. Only the power of God. Well, you know, uh, this last week, for those of you that were here, we started on a series for the month of March on Wednesday nights talking about the kingdom of God is of power. Amen. And I think that across the nation and across the world and in the church world, so to speak, that people have forgotten that we serve an almighty, powerful God and that we are part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So therefore, if we are a part and participating in a kingdom that cannot be shaken, then we should be able to walk through life, come on, and not be shaken with the things that we are encountering in our daily walk. We ought to have the power to be able to overcome every circumstance, every situation, anything that happened in your past. Come on, there is nothing that the blood and the power of God cannot fix and... And if you, and we talked about last week, that if you don't believe that we serve an almighty, all-powerful God and that his kingdom is powerful, then you will not walk in uh, power over sin and death, over poverty and lack, over sickness and disease, over your flesh, over circumstance. Because if you don't believe that what you are a part of has power to overcome these things, come on, then you'll never walk in the fullness and the things that God has ordained for your life. You'll stay defeated. Yet he has told us that we are overcomers. You'll stay defeated. And so we talked about the fact uh, out of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 1 through 5, 
it said this, that you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Are we seeing very difficult times? And I believe that this is the time for the church of Almighty God to rise up in their position and in their authority and in the power that has been given them because there are people that are looking for something powerful to be able to overcome things that, they're going, that are going on in this world and in this life. Amen. So he says, listen, in the last days, there's going to be very difficult times for people would love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. Are we seeing that? Disobedient to parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Are we seeing that today? Nothing is sacred. Not even human life. Nothing is sacred in the world that we're living in today. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. Are we seeing that in our society? Watch the news for five minutes and I guarantee you, you will see it if you have eyes to see. All right. And then he goes on to say, they will be cruel and they will hate what is good. They'll hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They will be reckless. They'll be puffed up with pride and love pleasures rather than God. Pleasures of this world. They'll love these things more than God. They'll love their vacations more than God. They'll love, come on, they'll love all their things. They'll love where they can go, all the possessions that the world can offer. They'll love them more than God. They'll love going to big football games and stadiums more than coming to assembling together in a church. So we see uh, that they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. They'll be religious, but they're rejecting the power that can actually make them godly and actually make them look like Christ in the earth. So what they do is they come to church thinking I'm right with God. But yet in their life, in every day, you can't tell them between any sinner out there. Or they come to church and you can't tell that the power of God and the word of God has been able to renew their mind. And so they still have what? Stinking thinking. or they're still dealing with their flesh. What is this saying to us? That they have not understood that there is power available to their lives. And that if they would just tap into that power, that there would be nothing that could stop the power of God flowing through them and working through them and sanctifying them and purifying them and making them into whatever it is that God has called them to be. 
And so what we're seeing is a powerless church world that when you see people, not this church, hallelujah, I'm not calling that or speaking that. I'm believing that you're going to get it. Even though my eyes can't see it, <laughs> sometimes I believe that he's working. Amen. And so, um, you know, here we are in a place where we're seeing people year after year come to church, getting the good word of the truth of God's word, unadulterated, the full counsel of God sitting up in it. I've been, we've been here now 15 years and still see the same people after 15 years bound by the same things. Never overcoming. Right? Not everybody, but some, some in the, world, in the church world as a whole. Why is that? Well, I believe it's because we really don't know Almighty God. We've not tapped into the power available to us. Amen. And what it's going to take to get us in a place. We've acted religious, but we've rejected that power to work all the way through us. All the way through us. Every molecule in your body, every cell, every muscle, every piece of your thinking, come on, has to be renewed and allowed. Every part of your heart in those secret places. Everything has to allow the power of God to radically change it. Hallelujah. So we said last week, just to give a quick review, uh, in Romans 1, 16, we said this, that uh, here we says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. Salvation is not a weak thing. Shout, salvation is backed by the power. You are a wall. If you are born again, truly, then you are a walking miracle. You are a piece of dynamite. And so he goes on to say in 1 Corinthians, I said this, for the kingdom of God was not just meant to be a bunch of talking. The message said it wasn't about just getting up here and and entertaining or having a pretty message no this message was supposed to have authority and power backed behind it it says there in first corinthians for the kingdom of god is not just a lot of talk but it is living by god's power if we are going to be kingdom people in this world and where we're at in the world today in these last days we're going to have to live by the power of god in our lives and quit talking about it and quoting it but not living it we're going to have to live by the power of god live by it amen Hallelujah. Let's live by the power of God. And then we saw that all through the Old Testament, God was trying to prove himself and who he was, that he was almighty El Shaddai, all-powerful God. And that if they would just listen to him and obey him, that he would work through them. And we saw in the Old Testament that there was great things that happened. Miracles happened, right? 
uh, all kinds of things took place by the power of God in people's lives. And so here he's trying in the Old Testament to prove how powerful he is. If he could just have people that would believe him and trust him and work with him. And then we also saw that even in the New Testament, Jesus came and acted just like his father. We saw that Jesus, uh, it said in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, look how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. God is with us. God is in us if we're born again and God is upon us. And so we have no excuse to live a pitiful life. No excuse to not rise up out of whatever it is, all the pity that we're going through about ourselves, and rise up, come on, above it by the, the hand of the power of God. And so we see that Jesus not only was the one that went about uh, with with the Holy Ghost and power, but he also, he sent out the 12 disciples with that same power, right? And same authority in Matthew 28. And then we saw in Luke that he gave that same power to even the 70. And then we saw that Paul also demonstrated through the ministry that he walked in, uh, he demonstrated great manifestations of power flowing through the ministry there didn't he and then he went on to say this Paul he said and I uh, did not preach my preaching was not of persuasive words of wisdom but it was in demonstrations of the spirit and the power of God verse 5 so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men but what it would rest on is the power of God does your faith rest on the power of God it rests on the power of God that was 1 Corinthians chapter 2 one and four. So then we saw, I believe that we were getting into this is that uh, that same power that Jesus walked in, that God had, that, G, uh, that the disciples had, that the 70 had, that Paul had, we know that then he commissioned the church with that same authority and same power. In uh, Mark 16, verse 15 it said this and then he told them go into the world and preach the good news to everyone is the good news that that uh you know that when you die if you just call on the name of the jesus that when you die one day you won't go to hell you'll go to heaven is that all the good news that there is no it was a good news that he would literally make you a new creature in Christ Jesus once you got born again. And that he would take you out of the domain of darkness and bring you into the marvelous light, the kingdom of God. And now we are in the door of the kingdom of God and everything that he said that we could have in this life, he expects us to walk in 
So let's read. It says, it says uh, the good news to everyone. There's people that need to be delivered. There's people that need to be set free. There's people that need to know that they can uh, change their circumstances that they're going through in life. And that they can come up out of that. But if they don't see a bunch of believers ever coming up out of it, then what good news is there? A good snooze is what I say. And then he goes on to say in verse 16, anyone who believes, who believes, anyone who believes, are you a believer? Anyone who believes, are you a believer? Anyone who believes, listen to what he says, and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Verse 17, these miracle signs will accompany who? Is he still calling people to believe today? So it wasn't just for the disciples. It's for those that he's still calling to believe today. Right? Those who believe. What will they do? They will cast out devils in my name. They will what? Speak with new tongues. Jesus always, the Father always intended his church to be filled with the power of God, with the Holy Spirit that would come upon them and the uh, outflow of that and the recognition that they had been filled with the power of God to be a witness was that they would speak in new tongues. He intended for every believer to receive that. Every believer to receive it. I was born again and I was saved and I lived without the power of the Holy Ghost. But the minute I received the power of the Holy Ghost, I started changing. I realized I had power over the enemy. I had power over my circumstances. I had power over my flesh. So every believer is to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit and speak with new tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with safely and they will drink anything poisonous. Now, I do not have time to to go in. We are not snake handlers, right? And I don't have time to go in what all that means and the abuses that have happened. But I believe it was 2016. I did a whole month teaching on uh, I've got the power. Y'all remember that? And I believe it's still on, what is that thing called? Cloud? SoundCloud. I believe that it's still out there. And so if you have questions about being filled with the Holy Spirit, I go through line upon line, scripture upon scripture about the Holy Spirit living on the inside and then about the Holy Spirit coming upon the believer. And I go into detail about how every one of us needs this power. So go and if you're really hungry and you really want to see change in your life, guess what? If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, I can guarantee you your life will change forever. If you'll go and listen and receive. Amen. I know what I'm talking about. 
It says this. It says they will be and uh, da, 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 and they will drink anything poisonous. It won't hurt them, and they'll be able to place their who will they will the believers. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick, and they might be healed. No, they will be healed. They will be healed. And I ask the question, when's the last time you laid hands on anyone? When's the last time, come on, you went out and expected the healing power of God to flow and you administered and prayed for somebody that need healing in their body? When's the last time you went out and, and told someone that they could be filled? This was what he told us to do, that they would speak with new tongues. You ought to know how to lead somebody in a prayer and lay hands on them so that they could be filled with the Spirit and speak in a prayer language. You're commissioned to do that. The church in Ephesians, what are we to do? To equip the saints for the work of service. You're not just to bring people here so that the pastor and the altar team can pray for people. You should be able to do it outside. It's your job. Come on. Wherever you're out and wherever the door has opened for you, you ought to be able to do that. That's why you need to do it. So that you can do what he said all believers should do. All believers should do, right? And then I want to read, this is where we're going to start tonight uh, in John 14, 11 through 14. It says, believe me that I am the father, this is out of the King James Version, and the father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. So he's not just saying, don't believe just, if you can't believe just my words, believe the works that you see me doing, that they are of my Father and I am doing them. And then he goes on to say, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. What did he say? He that believeth, goes back to those that believe. What does it say? The works that I do shall he do also. And not only do those works, he said you would do them greater. You would do them greater. But I don't see, come on. In this church, we're seeing miracles. In this church, we're seeing, uh, you know, people healed, people set free, people delivered, uh, you know. But I'm saying in the whole, we've got to make sure that those who believe are doing the, th the works of Jesus that he commissioned us to do. And then he goes on to say, uh, because I go to the Father, and whosoever you shall ask in my name, or whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, what did he say? I will do it. I will do it. So you have to believe that there's power backing behind what he said he will do right? Hallelujah. But we see in Acts that, uh, remember I said that, that it, Jesus, you know, he walked with the disciples in the earth 
and he did great and mighty things. He was telling them, I'm going to die, and on the third day, I'm going to raise. And, you know, after he did all that, he said what he was going to do. He even proved to them that he rose from the grave. So there was proof of what he said he was going to do, what he did, and not only what he did, we see that there was evidence to everyone that I am who I said I am. I have the power to do what I said I would do. It wasn't just me walking around and talking. No, I was living it out, and now I am living proof that I went to the grave and that I rose on the third day that I rose on the third day. And that was found in Acts uh, 1 and verse 3. It says, To these he also predestined himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs. Remember, he appeared to uh, over 40, I mean, there was over 500 people that he appeared to after he rose from the grave for 40 days. He proved himself and the power that he had to be able to be raised from the grave. Amen. Hallelujah. So, but he gave this same power to the church. And, and as I said, we'll never walk in the fullness of the power of God until we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Until we're filled with the Holy Spirit. If you continued reading down in Acts in verse 8, it says, but you shall receive what? You'll receive what? Well, I thought you had all the power you needed. Why'd he tell him to wait? I thought Jesus had all the power you needed once you're saved. But he told his disciples to wait. And then not only did he tell his disciples to wait, then he also said, this is for all of those that would he would still call unto himself. So I want you to see, it says that they shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon them. And then you will be my witnesses. A witness, a convincing proof of Jesus and the works that he did and he's doing them through you. You see that? And then he goes on to say in uh, Acts chapter 2, it says, and when the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost, remember I said that we are still living in the church dispensation. When the first church appeared, which was in the book of Acts, we are still living that, we are still in the church age is what we're called right now, this dispensation of the church. And these acts and all the things that we saw done by the believers in the book of Acts is still to be happening today. It's still to be happening. We are to be walking out the acts of a believer the acts of the church. We're to be walking that out today in the earth. This dispensation of the church is not over. It's not over. And so there's things that we should be doing and that we're responsible for. And so here's the day of Pentecost. It was fully come. And we know it says, and there appeared upon them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave 
them utterance. Remember that? Hallelujah. And that's for all believers. So like I said, go and listen to that back in 2016 and it'll help you if you're not receiving because it's the power that you need. I can guarantee you, if you've been struggling in your flesh and you're not filled with the Holy Spirit and power, listen, you receive it and I guarantee you, you'll be able to overcome these struggles that you've had for years. It's the power that you need. Amen. Not just the words of Jesus, but the power of Jesus. Amen. What is this power that he said would come upon them? Let me tell you what the power, that word power means in the Greek. It meant strength, power, ability, power residing in a thing. Um, it also means uh, it's a power for performing miracles. That's why I said you're a living, walking miracle, full of power. This is what that word means. When he says power will come upon you, that word in the Greek is dunamis. Dunamis, working power. It is like, it comes from the word dynamite. Okay? But that's what it means. It means strength, power, ability, uh, power residing in a thing, uh, the nature of a thing. Power for performing miracles, moral power and excellence of soul. So it's the power to save your soul as well. And boy, do we need some soul saving. People's minds are out of this world, <laughs> literally. Okay. And it's the power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. So it's the same power also that's going to bring uh, you into a blessed and prosperous life. It says power and resources arising. Power consisting in or resting upon. So it's mighty power, it's strength. It's miracle power, it's mighty power, it's virtuous power. Uh, I mean, all of these miraculous power, ability. That means when you are weak, if you'll tap into the greater one on the inside of you and the power that's resident on the inside of you, then there's nothing that you wouldn't be able to do and overcome. Because when, he, when you are weak, he makes you how does he make you strong? By his power and his ability and his might. It's not by your strength. It's not by your power. But it's by what? The Spirit, saith the Lord. It's by the Spirit and the power of God. Amen. So we see in Romans 8, 11, it says, But if the same Spirit of him that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. So as a believer, once you're born again, you get the same Spirit. You get the same power. Come on. That Jesus Christ had in him that was able to raise him up out of the grave. So there is nothing dead in your life that you think that God's power is not able to bring alive. 
nothing dead. If you would just believe, if you would just believe, right? So he said that it says uh, that he'll quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells in you. Amen. Ephesians 1, 8, I think I read this last week, verse 19 through 23, it says, And if this exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him, uh, by his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named all, not only in this world but also in the one to come there is another world to come guys and we better be thinking about it so many people are believing that hell's not real today and that God's really not going to return and rapture the church people have been in church for years are walking away from those solid foundations of truth and doctrine amen and so it says and he put all things under his feet and he gave him to head over all things to the what the church the church he gave all power and authority to the church we are the body of Christ we are the church of the living God if you are born again what does it mean to be born again that you actually believe that Jesus Christ is God's son and that he sent him for the payment of Adam's sin come on and that he died and that on three days he rose up and that he was born of a virgin And that if you all who would call on his name and make a confession with their mouth, they shall be saved. There's no other way to the Father. You know, there's people that believe Jesus, but they don't believe that he was born of a virgin. Then guess what? They can say they believe God all day long, but they're not going to heaven if they don't believe that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. And that he was God in the flesh. We, there is so many people confused today. Oh yeah, I believe in God. Oh yeah, I believe God. Believe in God because there's many gods that people believe in. It's not the way to heaven. If you have never called on the name of the Lord, and as I said, then you are not saved. You will not enter the kingdom of God. There's only one way, and that's through his son. And you have to call, believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the only way. I don't care what everybody else has told you. The Bible says that is the way. Amen. It's sad that we have to clarify that today. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7 it says but we once we get born again have a treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power of God it will be the power of God and not from ourselves 
So we are a vessel housing the power of God. And there's nothing we can do in and of ourselves to be able to get to heaven, whatever, or to be able to work out our salvation and be good enough or use all of our strength to feed the poor. Listen, if we've not called on the name of the Lord and received the power of God on the inside of us, then we are doing it in ourselves. We're doing it in ourselves. So, in 1 John 4, 4, it says, listen, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Greater is he. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is nothing in this world that the devil can do that would be greater or powerful than what God can do. Nothing. Nothing. We have to get that. We have to get that if we are going to walk and overcome in this life. In 2 Peter 1, it says this, uh, seeing that his divine power, what is it? Divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. We have divine power granted to us. It is a privilege. It is an honor that God chose us to receive of his excellency, to be able to be called a child of God, to be able to be a king of kings and Lord of lords, to be able to walk into the kingdom and overcome everything that I don't know about you, but when I wasn't living for the Lord, there was a lot of things I was doing in darkness that I needed to be able to overcome. Hurt, pain, rejection, alcohol, drugs. Come on. Looking for something that would give me power to deal with the hurt and the pain. But it was only the love of God and the power of God that was able to set me free. To set me free. Only. Only. The love of God and the power of God to deliver me from the hurt and the pain. So we see that if we don't believe, this is where I want to get to today in 10 minutes. If we don't believe that we serve an all mighty, powerful God and that we are part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken and is the most powerful force in the earth today, then we will never overcome sin and death. We'll never overcome. We'll never overcome. So the kingdom of God was given to us so that we could have power over sin. We could have power over sin, but I still see so many believers struggling with sins in their life. Disobedient to the word of God and the commands of God. 
and still operating in fleshly things, coming to church, sleeping around, coming to church, going to the bars on the weekends, coming to church, uh, you know, cussing out their employers, coming to church, stealing things from their employers, coming to church, doing all kinds of things that God's power was supposed to give you the ability to be able to overcome, to be able to overcome. Let's look in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we will have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from sins. What does it do? It cleanses us from sins. We are not sinners once we're born again. We are believers. And we are not to continue to operate in sin. We are to have power over it, right? Because he's cleansed us from us. If you're born again, he has cleansed us from all sin. 1 John 3, 8 through 9. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose. To what? Destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. The word of God is so easy and so clear. If we would just read the word and actually do what the word says that a believer should do, we would see miracles happen. We would see it all the time, all the time. And then the hour that we're living and the day that we're leaving, living, there's no reason for any believer to go without the Word of God. There's so much Word, it, we are choking, choking out from so much word. We're hearing, hearing, hearing. There's knowledge of the word of God everywhere. And yet no one is actually doing what the word of God is saying. So we're deceived in thinking that because we're listening to this minister and we're reading this book and we're putting on this podcast and we're here, nothing will ever replace you literally picking up the word and reading it for yourself and doing it, doing whatever the word says to do, doing it, living it, not just talking it, but what did he say? Living it out every day, living it out every day. So the, so God came uh, to destroy the works of the devil Amen. And not only did he destroy it, he said in Colossians 2:15, in this way he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Every demon in hell, everything that this the devil could throw at him, he disarmed it. 
He disarmed it. He destroyed the works of the devil by the blood that was shed on the cross. Disarmed it. Destroyed it and triumphed over it. Triumphed over it. And made an open spectacle and display of it. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, But thanks be to God, who what? Who gives us the victory, where? Over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gave us the victory over sin and death. I had someone just the other day tell me that when I came to this church, I was bound in pornography from the time I was 16 years old. And I had went to church all my life. But when I came to this church, I found out that I had power over sin and I had authority and I was no longer bound by that addiction of pornography and is living free from it and married and happily married. I'm telling you, God came to bring power over sin and death in people's lives and to bring us into a place of victory to bring us into a place of victory over anything that would keep us. He says we are no longer to allow sin to master us. And he was being mastered by pornography. Mastered by it. He was a slave to it. He said he hated himself for it. Every time. Guilt, condemnation, shame felt unworthy, all those things, hated it, hated his life. Until one day he walked in this church and heard the same thing you're hearing. Come on, and decided I'm no longer gonna be bound by this sin because I have authority over it. I have victory over it. I'm no longer gonna let it master my life. Hallelujah. And many other testimonies for those who believe and those that will actually do it and believe there's power back in it. There's power back in it. Hallelujah. So let's read these last two scriptures concerning the fact that we have been given victory over sin and death. Amen. Romans, I'm telling y'all, if y'all are still struggling with this, read Romans, the whole book. If you are still being mastered by sin, read the book of Romans. Hallelujah. You know, when I was growing in the things of God, I was a stay-at-home mom, and I would put the kids down for a nap. And at that time, we had been turned on uh, to, you know, the word of faith. I didn't really know uh, much about it. But I would listen to Gloria Copeland and I would listen back in the day years ago. I mean, this has been, you know, 20 years ago. Gloria Copeland and Joyce Myers. And so while they're taking a nap, I would pull my Bible out. I'd pull my Bible out and I would get my notepad. And whatever they taught about on that 
time frame that I had when the children were asleep, I would take notes. I was so hungry for the Word of God. I was starving. I mean, it was feeding my spirit like nothing I had ever encountered before. And I was so hungry. I mean, I couldn't stop. I couldn't wait. I had the notebooks full of the scriptures about who I was in Christ. I was finding out who I was in Christ. I was finding out from Joyce Myers that I had a battlefield going on in my mind. Come on. I had found out from Joyce Myers that there was rejection and all kinds of things going on in my life. And I would get my Bible out and I would highlight those scriptures and I would underline those scriptures. I wasn't just coming and listening to people. No, I took it upon myself to say, I'm going to study the word of God and read the word. And I'm going to write these scriptures down. And I'm going to actually believe that these scriptures have power to change my life. So there's no excuse. And I remember the first time after we finally ended up going to Rhema and the first time I ministered the Word of God. I'll never forget the topic of my sermon that I had to do in front of our class, our graduating class, and it was called Worry Wart. And I taught on the subject about how in Matthew 6 that God said, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't worry. Because you know what? For years I was bound by worry. But I had finally got revelation, come on, by studying the Word of God that I didn't have to worry no more. And actually, that when I worried, I was in sin and I wasn't really trusting God. And you know what? With those, the greatest compliment I ever received back then, this now, 2020, will be 20 years since we graduated Rama. The Next year, yeah. The greatest compliment I ever said, you sound, did anybody ever tell you you sound just like Gloria Copeland? You know why? Because I fed on the word. I was listening to what she was saying. I actually started applying what she was saying to my life. Hallelujah. So if we want to overcome in life, we are going to have to read the Word of God ourselves, study the Word of God, get in the Word, meditate in the Word, do the Word. Everything that it says for us to do, we're going to do. Romans 6, 1 through 23, what then should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of His wonderful grace? Of course not, since we have died to sin. We should have died to sin. Died to it. No longer has control over our lives. Died to it. How can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we were joined in with his death? For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. 
we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might what? Lose its power in our lives. So that it would lose its power in our lives. Lose its power in our life. And then he goes on to say, we are no longer what? What are you when you are bound by sin? Say it again. You're a slave to sin. And then he goes on to say, for when we died with Christ, we were what? Set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. And when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But not just that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So that you also should consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give into sinful desires. Don't do it. Don't let any part of your body, listen, any part, spirit, soul, and body, don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin any part of it instead give yourselves completely to God for you were dead but now you have a new life so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God sin is no longer your master for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can continue to go on sinning because of this grace that's being taught today? That it doesn't matter how you live or what you do, you're under grace? Where there's whole churches now with bars made in them? This goes against scripture. So he goes on to say, of course not. Don't you realize that you became a, the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to what? Righteous living, or leads to life. Thank God. Once you were slaves to sin, but now you are wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of the slavery to help you understand all of this. Ha, 
Hallelujah. Let me find where I'm at. Where am I at? In the 19. Here we go. In my 19. Oh, here it is. Because of the weakness of the human nature, I'm using this illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, you let yourself be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led even deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to slaves of what? Righteous living so that you'll become holy. I thought we were already made holy. No, there's things we must do to be holy as Christ, as God is holy. There's still things we must do to live righteously. That means live according to what the Word of God says. Live according to the Word. And then he goes on to say, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that would end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. What are you a slave to? Not sin. Now you do these things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So once we are born again, we are no longer to live under the power of sin and death and allow our lives to be used to, to, to have sin come and put its mastery back over us. But we are to live in the power of God that he gave us so that we can walk uprightly before him, walking in the power of God, living a holy life above sin, above circumstances, above the flesh, above the passions and the desires and all the things that are against God. We are now to live in the power of God. And if we don't believe that he is almighty, powerful God, this is why we're seeing powerless people. They've denied the power. They're religious, back to 2 Timothy, but they've denied the power to actually make them godly, to actually transform their lives and to make them into that holy vessel for him to use. Amen? And I'm telling you, the Lord wants to see every person that calls themselves a believer walking in freedom over sin, walking in the power of God, walking in the nature that he actually has given us to be overcomers in this life so that the world can see the kingdom of God manifesting and convincing proofs from your life that you are a changed person, that you are no longer, no longer that person any longer. No, but you truly are a new creature in Christ. You truly have allowed yourself to be transformed by the power of God 
and the Word of God so that you can see what God sees in you.